0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome one, welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape which you can listen to wherever you get your NFC East blog podcasts across the ISP Nation universe. You can also watch this on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel where you will see the bright, shining, beautiful faces of myself. I am RJ Ochoa from Blog on the Boys. He is himself, Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation BLG. Welcome back home. I'm not going to tell everybody where you were, um, but I know your exact latitude and longitude coordinates from where you were before where you are now. I know those coordinates as well, but welcome back nonetheless.
2: Do you think I look especially yellow
1: or orange on this video? Is that am I alone and um, seeing that? It might. I don't know if it's like there is like some contrast going on. Um, I, think it's I don't know enough about photography. We should ask Holden. Light. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know enough to to We're describe like the this phenomenon that's happening.
2: Later yeah. in the day, usually there's more Than of a usual, natural yeah. light uh, happening in my place of residence, so that could be different. But uh, yeah, RJ, it's week three in the NFL. We're entering that, at least, but we have to talk about what happened in week two, even though for the Eagles, that was almost a week ago now. It's kind of feels like forever ago.
1: Yeah, uh, Feels Like Forever is a great song from what Disney animated movie? Do you know? Uh,
2: It sounds like a modern one. Uh, it is a modern one, yeah. I've not seen it, so I do not know. Uh, it's from frozen. Feels like uh, forever. Uh, I have not actually seen the movies. I know what they're about. I played kingdom hearts three. There was the
1: frozen world in there. I could great totally game. see you being a kingdom hearts person. That makes oh, sense. Great series. Great yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, we're not here to talk about frozen. Uh, we are here to talk about the NFC East or as some people are fraudulently calling it Brandon, the NFC beast. That is a name that we came up with here on the NFC East mixtape, the division. Is seven and one combined aggregate this season with the only loss coming within the division when the Cowboys to mm. the Giants 40 to nothing. But outside of the NFC East, the NFC Beast rides again.
2: It's really important that people recognize that we invented that name. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of claims out there that we didn't actually
1: do that, but uh, all of them are wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, Antonio Gates played basketball in college. Ryan Fitzpatrick, friend of SB Nation, by the way, uh, who I interviewed last week, went to Harvard, and the NFC Beast, as coined here on the NFC East Mixtape. Mm-hmm. So that's all I really have to say about that. Um, well, let's go ahead and get to it. Uh, we do go in divisional standing, which did change despite the fact that um, every single team in the division won last week. That's just kind of the function of the tiebreakers at this very, very early point in the season. But the Dallas Cowboys, of course, um, finished off there. I've been saying this forever. Sinatra style start to the season, New York, New York. Yeah,
2: I know. You, care, you already, one, did, that. You already uh, did that. already
1: did that 30 to, well, I they had to finish it because before it was just New York, you know what I mean? But now mm-hmm. it's New York, New York, uh, 30 to 10, the final score over the New York Jets, the Cowboys uh kind of the talk of the town right now uh number one in dvoa at the moment number one in point differential number one in turnover differential um they're leading the way it's only two games in but obviously cowboys fans are really excited with what they've done uh the fact that they've blown out some really bad teams they caught the jets as we talked about last week obviously um on the heels of a really really rough monday night football game to open the season my interest in that game certainly and i'm sure i'm not
2: alone in this Definitely went down once Aaron Rodgers got hurt. It was like, well, that's really not the same if, thing. If you'll allow anymore. me to interrupt
1: you for, for a moment, Brandon, because I know I'm appearing on the BGN radio side of things with this show. That's the function of the NFC's Mixtape. But my experience is on you know, that side of things here, across enemy lines, so to speak, has been with our friend John Stolness, all right? And I wanted to shout out John Stolness because he tweeted on Sunday morning, the Cowboys are going to lose to the Jets today. So you... Well, might be alone that. and, With all and having respect to john i
2: never no, I'm, ju-
1: I, I'm just saying you might be alone in your interest waning that's all i'm mm-hmm. saying uh john thought it was possible and well, i was not I done have. you just interrupted me
2: a couple of well, i had I'm to it was my an interest point. level it was never a challenge but i will say the cowboys deserve credit for doing what a lot of teams have not done in the nfl early on this season and that is like look like they're kind of a well-oiled well-rounded machine there's so many teams out there which is in part why we'll get to the Eagles later. Oh, I think some of their struggles may have been overblown because it's like, who are the teams that are just looking flawless in every way and great and everything is just perfect for them and it's a cakewalk. It's really just a couple right now and it's a long NFL season that can change, that can stay the same if the Cowboys can find staying power, Um, but give the Cowboys credit for doing exactly what they should do against two inferior opponents and not just manage to scrape by against them, but to blow them out, to dominate them, to make it really not even a game I do think it was. It could have been a little bit more interesting early on if Sauce Gardner holds on right. to a pick six that Dak threw, and then maybe that changes the vibe of things early on. But ultimately, I mean, look, I I think as we were talking about like the Jets need to make a trade at quarterback. It's a whole different topic, yeah. but like Zach Wilson just is not cutting it. He's, they're not going to do anything serious. They're a very unserious team with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. But um, still a very good win by the Cowboys. Mikey Parsons looks pretty unstoppable. And there's every every reason to believe right now that Dallas is like the top team, or at least, you know, maybe you can argue if the 49ers are ahead of him, whatever. Um, but I think it, it, in my power rankings on BleedingGreenNation.com, green I'd have the Cowboys number one.
1: Um, I think everything you've said is really fair and really objective and really rational. Um, and I think that Dallas and San Francisco are the only, to answer your question, only two teams are only teams that have looked uh, without flaw right now, right through two weeks, which is a very, very small sample size. But every AFC contender has obviously, you know, had stumbles. Some of them have even had losses. Some of them are even winless. Um, The Eagles just have looked a little bit sputtery um, so far, but still boast a 2-0 record, which is impressive, given that they haven't clearly played their finest football to this point. Um, But yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, you know, you're right. Uh, I think there was like a collective sigh of relief, obviously, that the pick six didn't happen. That would have given the Jets the lead. And perhaps, Mm -hmm. you know, the like the whispers, like get a little bit louder. You use the the word vibes, obviously, um, would have changed. But I mean, this was a, a kind of cruise control victory for the Cowboys. The defense showed up. And I don't really put a lot of blame on Zach Wilson. Um, I agree with you. Um, He he finished the day with three interceptions. But, you know, about four minutes into the fourth quarter, he did not have any. um, And they were down 27 to 10. And so it really was just... I mean, it was a a tough spot for him to be in, you know what I mean? And so, um, again, I I'm not arguing for Zach Wilson, but I do think that the the Jets are kind of the sneaky team relative to the NFC Beast because the Cowboys caught them obviously in this week where they were you know still dealing with this. Do they trade for somebody? Do they sign somebody in they the have agency? To. But does that change the kind of complexion and the chemistry of this team are the jets then some you know a squad that's able to kind of hold it together and and beat teams like the giants or commanders or eagles who they will play across the rest of the season i don't know uh but my point is it's hard to imagine them playing worse than they did on sunday afternoon at AT att stadium um the cowboys offense we finally got to really see because you know week one didn't really offer an opportunity for that um and we saw you and i were talking before we started recording about the chargers and how i locked them up on TJF football and did you watch any of that game i know you were busy obviously because you had the weekend off
2: no that was was that what slot was that in again so that That was was the the...
1: noon slot and it went to overtime um and mark Schofield did a great job of, of kind of talking about this on monday football monday but so the game goes to overtime the chargers get the ball first and first two plays i mean just are like going downtown like they're, they're trying to like stretch the field and it's like dude what are you doing and then on on third down they get nothing they literally gain zero yards they're one offensive possession over time they lose the game And Mike McCarthy's offense seems to be the, I don't want to say complete and total opposite, but it's, it's about putting his skill players and his athletic players in positions to win and to succeed. And we saw Dak Prescott take a lot of that low hanging fruit. That was a a big compliment that we gave to Shane Steichen and the Eagles offense last year, just kind of, again, putting these players in positions to win. And there's value to that low-hanging fruit, and this was a really efficient performance from the Cowboys, and even then, there's, I think, 19th in offensive DVOA right now. They were without Brandon Cooks. They're still without Tyler Smith, um, but they did enough, and everybody, you know, the I would say the doubters or whatever, you know, kind of, you know, bemoaning about the red zone deficiency. They were the number one team in the NFL in red zone conversion last year from a touchdown perspective, so... I don't think anybody's really panicked. It just wasn't a game where, you know, they needed to really flex. And that's the difference. I, I know you your interest in this game dropped off, but after the Micah Parsons fumble, the Cowboys got really conservative. And Tony Romo talked about on the call on third down that none of the receivers even ran to the sticks. And he was like, what the hell are you doing? And I think the Cowboys were just, You know, comfortable to not get in their own way, to not mess it up, to not do something that would invite the Jets back into the game. They took the free points off of a turnover. And that's the difference, I mean, that we're talking about again with a very small sample size. It's
2: the difference between the Cowboys this week and the Buffalo Bills to some extent, where like that's a great point. They found a way to lose that game. All they had to do with Josh, like all Josh Allen had to do was not turn the ball over. He could have been just like, bleh. Totally mediocre, but as long as he took care of the ball and and the Bills were able to punt in that game and, you know, take possession and not give the Jets life like they did, then the Bills probably win that game. So uh, that's the difference there. I will going back to the almost pick six on a like credit or not credit, but like on a fairness regression point in a positive way. That's the other side of Dak getting right. the NFL and in interceptions last year. Like he's probably, we said this going into the season, probably due for some good luck in some certain instances. So that's how you see it manifest. And in a big way in that case, but that's, that's the other side of the coin to having the bad luck last year, kind of evens out in the bigger sample size. Um, so, you know, for as much as I'd love to, you know, be here, criticizing the Cowboys can't so far again, I'm not going to hold the opponent thing against them too much because style points do matter and the way they've defeated these teams. So soundly, there is absolutely something to be said for that, no matter who they play. Now, that being said, once you see like a bunch of games like this, it's okay. Okay. Yes. But like, let's actually see the higher quality opponent and let's see what that game looks like because that's something we have yet to see. And that's not something that the Cowboys can control when we play who's on their schedule as people like to say, but that will be the big fun thing to look to next.
1: We'll obviously pick uh, games for this week, at, <clears throat> excuse me, at the end of the show. But Dallas uh, opened as 12. And, <coughs> oh, sorry about that. The Orange is getting to be 12 and a half point favorites against the Cardinals this week. It's down to 12. Uh, They have the Patriots at home next week and Zeke Elliott's return. Uh, But then they're on Sunday Night Football in San Francisco. And that's the game that everybody's obviously really looking forward to. And even then, uh, the next week, they visit the Chargers on Monday Night Football. And so can they contain the offense that we know exists that isn't translating into wins for the Chargers right now? But uh, it's that California swing that's going to be really interesting. Last thing on this game, um, I don't know if you knew or saw. Uh, Tony Pard hit a career high uh, career high excuse me in carries 25 carries for him and he was actively involved in the passing game as well speaking of uh, Tony Pard will be a guest on the blog on the boys network throughout the blog on the boys universe on Thursday um and he said that he was aware of that uh, when I asked him uh, we pre-taped this on Tuesday right before you and I are recording actually and um yeah i mean I, I don't know that that's a an indication of things to come but I think people, some people want to look at that and be like, well, that's Mike McCarthy wanting to run the ball. I think Mike McCarthy just wants to keep things in front of him. And on Sunday against the Jets, it so happened to align with running the ball, but they utilized all sorts of players. They utilized Kavante Turpin. Kavante Turpin has already seen more offensive snaps through two games this year than he did all of last year. Um, So I think Mike McCarthy just, again, is completely and totally fine with taking whatever is in front of him and whatever works to the benefit of his all-world defense on the other side.
2: This has the makings a little bit of a trap for the we'll get to that in the future, but looking ahead, because I said like, you know, what when's the next big test? They play the Patriots. Defense looks good. Offense eh, maybe a little bit more questionable. But that stretch where they have the Niners in California. Then the Chargers on the road, although that'll probably be like a home game for the Cowboys, the crowd, and then the Rams after that. And then the Eagles, like that's a nice little four-game stretch where I think we'll, I think we're going to learn a lot more about the Cowboys right now, for, or, or in that stretch there. For now, it's kind of just like holding serve, doing what they're supposed to do. They're one of the best teams in the NFC, but like, I, and I think they, it, it is possible it can be different maybe this is a new high for them this year, but like that's the stretch. We'll really start to learn more about them for now. They're kind of just confirming what we already expected in a lot of ways that they were going to be one of the best teams in the NFC.
1: As we've always said, October is the very best month that there is, which will we'll provide. on um, September ends, baby. Um, it's um, this comes out on Wednesday. So it has almost been a week since the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, won. did not cover. I took the Vikings uh, in all the pools that I'm in. Um, I think it was seven and a half or six and a half, depending on where you looked. And uh, Philadelphia won 34 to 28, was a little tight, but holy crap, DeAndre Swift had a billion different yards. Kirk Cousins had a big game. Um, and man, the Justin sort of. Jefferson. Well, I mean, he had a big game. It's okay to say it. Um, He he was
2: clearly not as good as the box score looked. But, yes, he played relatively well.
1: The beginning of that game was in no way on Kirk. Like, the beginning of that game was the Eagles offense, like, kind of sputtering, sputtering, sputtering. And there was the special teams fumble. There was the Alexander Madison fumble. um, And I give Kirk a lot of props for, you know, doing what he could to absolve all the blame for the justin jefferson thing um i don't know if people know you are, are on record as not hating that rule like it benefited the eagles last thursday night but you have yeah, said many times that yeah, you're not fine with that. Time, right not no, just because it helped yeah, the eagles, to be clear. I, I will yeah. i will have your back there you and stats are the only two people i know that that think the rule is fine uh but the rule is the rule and, and you have to know the rule and justin jefferson you know whatever um and you know jalen hurts woke up a little bit i i said that i thought this would be the year Devonte smith uh what has been the fallout of the aj brown jalen hurts nick sirianni scuffle that nick tried to lie about in his game press conference
2: i think that's overblown wow shock you're gonna <laughs> hear that from me but from the standpoint of it's the same exact aj was that same way when they were blowing out the giants in the divisional round last year same kind of thing happened he also did not look happy then and was that an issue no The Eagles rolled the 49ers in the championship game and went to the Super Bowl and AJ Brown had a great game in the Super Bowl. So I don't really know that it's the biggest issue in terms of like the team is still can be successful. I do think it speaks to a longer standing thing, which is a big reason why back when DeAndre Hopkins became a free agent and everyone's like, oh, Eagles should sign him and then they'll be unstoppable. They'll have, you know, like Devontae and and A.J. Brown and Goddard and DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm like, it's not Madden. These players have egos. And I brought up that Giants game as an example of why A.J. Brown would not be cool with another target monster coming into the offense. Same thing with like, that's why the Eagles were never going to draft someone like Jackson Smith and Jigba with their first round. You're not adding a volume dependent guy to this group that already is, you're kind of seeing issues with sharing the ball. So uh, I I don't make a ton of that. I make a ton, the biggest concern coming out of that vikings game is more about the quarterback being able to effectively get the ball to his targets I'll read. you were on him
1: early you like uh, because i was obviously following your tweets and and coverage and you were on on thursday night yeah you're right 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 um you were on jalen early in a in a fair way um and in a reasoned way i thought because it was not great and you tweeted that the eagles were obsessed with qb power that's really what it felt like i felt like they were just trying to like force the jalen hurts can run thing Um, and it wasn't until they just kind of sit back and took what Minnesota gave them. Like Minnesota was like, Hey, run the ball. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. until that happened that things started to kind of like finally break for the Eagles. Uh, Jalen hit the, the big shots that were there, obviously the one to Devante, he kind of hung that first one down low though. That one almost didn't even work out.
2: Yeah. The first play, there was some pressure coming down on him. I still think he could have gotten that a little bit like the way I saw, I was in the press box. I saw that play unfolding. I'm like, Devontae's streaking open down the field. He's open. I think maybe if he gets that ball out a little bit sooner, if he steps into it a little bit more, which to his credit, he did later on the second Devontae deep target, which ended up being a touchdown. He took a shot. Sometimes you have to do that. You have to step into your throw, deliver the throw. Like he underthrew it. Devontae still made the catch great, but then the Eagles only settle for three points there instead of seven. That's four, plays, four points you left out on the field. That's a big deal. Opportunity cost is a real thing, as I like to say. I think some of those runs we were talking about, It isn't even just the coaching staff. Some of that is Jalen, you know, making the decision on some of these options and whatnot. I do think there's a lot of, like, you know, debate. Is it the coaching staff? Is it Jalen Hurts? I definitely think, you know, you can look at uh, the coaching staff and Brian Johnson and have concern to some extent At the same time, you don't pay Jalen Hurts $255 million to not be like a big part of the equation there. Like, I that's such a just a big pet peeve I have. I think I've mentioned before in the show with like coaching versus players. I feel like people act like those are equal things. How much are the players getting paid? How much are the coaches getting paid? That's not the exact like perfect way to analyze it. But at some level, these players are making like a ton of money for a reason because they're the ones who can do the special things and they're the ones who can make plays and make things happen. Like, the coaching can only go so far. I want to read you these stats that our good friend Shul Kapadia had mentioned uh, in the aftermath of Thursday night's game on his Ringer podcast, Philly Special. Jalen Hurts was 593rd out of 600 quarterback performances since the start of 2022. In, um, You're saying this game? Like, this game is the performance? In success rate. Yeah, the success okay. rate.
1: This was just talking about last Thursday night. Just, again, I'm trying to understand. Yes, this that Thursday night okay. performance
2: was 593rd. At, so there are only seven worst performances oh. since the start of 2022, just by measured by success rate, which isn't a catch-all perfect stat, but it does represent how often something good happens when you drop back to pass. The Eagles produced a positive play on just 23.3% of Hurts' jobbacks. His first two game success rates this season are lower than every game out of his 2022 season. So I think, I think it's that, not unfair to say that Jalen Hurts needs I'm not
1: saying he's hopeless as a passer, but he needs to be better than he has been. So to me, I think that this speaks to a point I had uh not to be like I was right, but like his tw- like we said, I said this, like his 2022 season was maybe like the greatest year that he'll ever have. And that's not uh like a shame. And that's not like, oh, what a loser. He can never replicate that year. It was this remarkable year that if he had not gotten hurt, obviously would have won him MVP. And that's, that was my argument for AJ Brown too, right? Like regression can happen just in a, in a statistical sense, like where you just simply have less, even though you're not less talented or whatever the case may be. Like, I don't think this is a matter of like, oh, like defenses understand Jalen hurts now, whatever. It's just like, like you talked about the DAC thing, like you know what I mean? So, things that like broke your way, luck or whatever. I mean, it, it flips or it adjusts yeah, but or to it this flips degree
2: sometimes. clearly shows that there's something more than just that going on. Like, this is more than just natural regression, this is all the way to the other end, at least. Like, this there's something like wrong here, and I think it's not exactly easy to pinpoint. Again, I think the offensive coordinator shares blame, I think Hertz shares blame. You could say some of the players, too, the attitude, whatever. There's, they have the the bottom line is the Eagles passing game is not firing on all cylinders right now. There's something out of rhythm, it doesn't look right. It doesn't mean it's doomed 100, but it is like a legitimate concern if it doesn't get fixed sooner than later.
1: Um, AJ Brown has the fewest amount of receiving yards to the first two games of a season that he has had since his final year in Tennessee. Um, now I don't think that that means like oh, he's going to demand out, but. He is a passionate player. I don't have to tell you or any Eagles fan that. Um, I don't know that I buy that he would keep that up. Um, I I, I don't know the chemistry you know well enough to offer an opinion an educated one at least that wouldn't sound like trolling as whether or not if Devonte kept eating right or if the passing game got fixed that way right if it was Devonte, if goddard got involved or whatever um would, would aj brown would there be discourse there you know what i mean like i because that that would be the concerning thing to me is okay this has to get fixed and there is this one idea that it has to get fixed a certain way you know and if it doesn't will it be all right? You know what I mean? And so that would be a mild concern. Um, But I think, again, and I said this a little while ago, it's worth mentioning that despite all these, like, you know, things that sound troubling, the Eagles are 2-0. Like, if you can find a way to win (laughs) in spite of all this, you know, happening, like, that's the mark of a good team. For sure.
2: And now, you know, they've won two one-score games now, and one-score games, as we know, as the Vikings now can attest to, and the other side of that being 0-3 in the 2023 calendar year uh, in those one-score games. Can't Can I interrupt you that?
1: quickly? Uh, so um, they were eleven and zero in one score games last year, right? Everybody knew that, and yep. you know, I, I tried to defend them more than anyone. I think that that's well on record. Um, I tweeted before their final possession. I said it's going to be hilarious when the Vikings go score a touchdown here to make this a one score loss. When you know, and and of course, like it happened. Yep. Like it's almost worth like not scoring in that sense, so people hmm. can't like rub that meme in your face. I mean, it had the feel of a one-score game. Ultimately, it wasn't like right. totally like. Well, the
2: Eagles blew the Vikings out, and they Vikings put up like twenty points in garbage time and made it look like right. a lot closer than it seemed. It was the feel of a one-score game. Ultimately, um, yeah. So I definitely think that that's the biggest concern. It, like two and zero is nice, and I, I do agree with you. And I said it earlier when we were talking about the Cowboys. How many teams are firing in all cylinders and clicking and looking perfect? They don't play the Super Bowl in September, so there's a lot of time for this to get ironed out. At the same time, again, you want to see progress there. I think anyone would say they believe it can because of the talent there. Uh, you're giving them the benefit of the doubt that they can iron that out at some point. But again, it's the more games we that go by where it's not happening, it's only going to get exponentially, increasingly more concerning. Before we move off it, the Eagles, I do want to say obviously you have to mention you know DeAndre Swift's huge game, 175 yards, insane. Uh, I was listening to the TGI football podcast today because I was behind in my podcasting and I also thought it would be kind of funny to get the takes of uh, prior to week two hearing them after week two and okay. one of the things that our co-host co-host uh, Stephen Serta had mentioned was like because uh, I wasn't able to be on Friday and give my analysis of the Thursday games like I want to know why Gainwell was ahead of DeAndre Swift and Great question because <laughs> I was asking the same thing after Kenny Gainwad freaking 18 touches in week one, and DeAndre Swift had two, including just one carry. Like, what are we doing? I don't know if that Swift can be this guy the whole season. I don't know if he can be your Bell Cow back, but it's if you're giving him the ball two times a game, you're clearly messing up. That's clearly not the best approach. So on one hand, passing game in disarray a little bit needs to be figured out. On the other hand, it does seem like the Eagles are fitting out finishing or figuring out their run game, which is
1: not meaningless. Um, I in, in no way want to take it away from DeAndre Swift because, like, you put up a billion yards. Like, you deserve credit for that. But, and I'm not trying to like cope and make up for Kirk Cousins. But again, it's like, well, yeah, like if they're just gonna let you run for six yards a carry, like, why would not you? You know, like, what are the Vikings doing? Like, what is Brian Flores doing? I, I, and for the record, I gave you the credit for uh, for liking the rule before that game. I jumped off the Vikings ship before the loss in Philadelphia. Um, no pun intended on the ship thing um but i can't wait to see where kirk cousins wants up next year hopefully with a a team that's this year should
2: be this year the jets should trade for him why if you're the jets why aren't you trading for him and also it'd be funny because the eagles then play him in week two and week six
1: it would be hilarious if he wound up there. Given, I don't know if you remember, that's the other team that courted him in 2018. Yeah, do um, that was like. That. It, those were the, the two teams, and so, um, you know, some things just kind of wind up going full circle that way. It would be a crime if he never played for Kyle Shanahan. Like after everything we've been through as NFL. Fans. That'll happen at some point, but right. Uh, not okay, now, probably. Um, let's take a very, 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 very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Brandon, while we were gone, you told me what you did on your plane ride on Tuesday. I played this
2: app. Um, I mean, not a sponsor, but it's called, what's it called here? Uh, Drop Flip. Cut you the rope. Play that one. Wait, what's it called? Drop Flip. Drop it Flip? looks like this. This level has been really hard. I mean, you can't it's, see my uh, phone. We're only seeing what, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's like you, uh, I can't really describe it. You kind of have to just play it to see it. But anyway, that's what I was doing. Also, I was playing Minesweeper, too.
1: On your phone? Yep. Are you a big uh, games on the phone person? Um, Generally, no, but on a flight, sure. Um, Last question on this subject. Are you a big game pigeon person? You play the game pigeon games with people?
2: Uh, The the iPhone games you're talking about? Yeah, I'm really good at uh, Cup Pong and the word games, as you can attest to, because I beat you on those all (laughs) the night. Honestly, those are probably pretty even matched. You have certain ones that you're better at than I am, but I think the same goes for me against you anyway
1: i i really don't like the one that looks like a scrabble board where you have to move the pieces like the reason i like the the search one is because like my it's such a smooth you know physical way to play um so i like that a lot but yeah whatever um okay the washington commanders came back from a 21 (laughs) to 3 i don't mean to make this about the cowboys but Remember when people thought that Sean Payton was a much better option than Mike McCarthy? Like, remember that? Oh, man. Um, 21 to 3 was the deficit that the commanders face. And for real, serious props. Like, serious kudos. Um, You cannot overcome that without legit coaching, legit quarterback play, a legit pass rush. They had all those things. In Denver and they almost blew it with the crazy Hail Mary tip ball and you can argue that there should have been a penalty on the point conversion uh, but this was an impressive rally nonetheless like again I think they deserve a, a round of applause they are undefeated in the Josh Harris era
2: it's really making a difference clearly I mean that was crazy that re- I, I, I was watching that at a bar uh, on Sunday evening after late afternoon early evening and I just I couldn't believe it was caught and I'm like, and then once they don't get it, I'm like, how do you not get it? How do you not
1: get it if you end it up was, making the Hail Mary? It was so, so sad. Um, did, uh, I think James wrote about this at dot at, um, .com. But would, if, if you were a Broncos fan, would you have rather them not caught it? Like, you know what I mean? Then like, See, I've been thinking about this recently. There's a lot of like, well, I'd rather almost
2: just get blown out. That I don't think that's ever true. I don't think anyone ever feels that way. There's no way in a blowout you're thinking like, wow, I'm so glad we're not <laughs> in this game closer and then losing. No one's ever thinking that. That's such a lie. That is such like a hindsight uh, or whatever kind of bias you want to call it thing. That is just, it's not true.
1: I think it can potentially be true based on the circumstances of your team. So like the Broncos are this like joke, right? That everyone wants to kind of line up and take shots at. So like, you know, when it's the, just the next one, that is annoying. So like, um, I'm with you that I think Jets fans would have rather lost like the Broncos did, but I don't think that that Broncos fans are, are happy with their situation, which, again, is a is a much bigger deal. But this is about it, the Commanders. Um, Sam Howell. Well, it's baseball. relevant
2: that we're talking about a Broncos team. that I think the vibes have not really changed. I think the, the bad vibes from last year are very much – The 2022 Broncos – or the 2023 Broncos do not seem all that different to me than the 2022 Broncos.
1: No, and they – Similarly to how the Colts, again, I'm not saying Carson Wentz wasn't fallible for his time there, but he wasn't the only problem, which was my take, you know, all of last year. And, you know, man, they just. Carson Wentz who's currently unemployed. Okay. But again, like you agree with me and, and ultimately did agree with me that, you know, Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay and Frank Reich, they threw him under the bus. And the Broncos did that with Nathaniel Hackett, who obviously had his flaws, obviously is a certain type of person, but like he was very clearly not the only problem there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I don't think that Sean Payton is infallible for what's happening there. But again, this is about the commanders. Um, So Sam Howell went 27 of 39 for 299 yards, two touchdowns. Terry McLaurin caught one of those. Logan Thomas, the other. Brian Robinson had another impressive day. 87 yards, two touchdowns. And again, the pass rush is kind of working for Washington right now. I don't know that I believe in the sustainability year. Um, there are some fraudulent 2-0 teams. I would say the most are Washington, Atlanta, and Tampa. Um, but still, like, give them credit. Like like you said about Dallas, you can only play who's in front of you and the commanders. A 21-3, you know, deficit overcome is impressive, whoever it's against. Even if it's, you know, especially if it's on the road, like this one was. You do power rankings, right, for blogging the boys? That's correct. Where do you have the Broncos? Uh, let me see. I had the Cowboys number one too, by the way. Um, just for the record, I have Washington. Um, hang on. I'm scrolling. I have Washington 16th. I don't know where you have Washington. Um, and I have Denver 29th. Okay. So, and where do you have Arizona? Um, I have Arizona higher than last week because I thought that Arizona was, and we'll obviously talk about that in a little bit, but that I higher already last week up from what 32 to 31 or they were 32. Uh, I put Houston at 32 now, which is a bummer because I okay, picked so them to win. The, oh, no, your I put Chicago.
2: You're number 29 and number 20, 31. Uh, 30th. Oh,
1: being, uh, Arizona's 30th. So 29 okay. and 30 bottom three bottom four bottom five kind uh, of teams that they've beaten so for sure so we we talked about this a lot uh with the dolphins under brian flores when when they what was it they won like eight games in a row to finish the season and what were they well i'm just saying like so like they fell into a 21 to 3 hole like that's my point like they they should be criticized for that too so to set you up
2: i just wanted to be like well you're being hypocritical because you gave the cowboys credit for beating up on week yeah but again it's how it's, i said style points matter how the like, cowboys dominated those two teams and really weren't even competitive games in a lot of the for portions of the games that's not the same thing with the commanders here they're, like they're getting by these teams credit to them for getting by but i also think you're talking about one score game sustainability like they had obviously some things go their way although the last call of the game obviously went in their way in a big way so um, I don't really think the needle has moved yet still I'm still using that phrase for Washington I'm not more scared of them than I was I do think this was a nice win in terms of um like enjoyability for a franchise that feels like it has a fresh start and sure. they haven't give you a, a lot to enjoy but I don't really what does this win really mean in the bigger picture does it really mean things can be different this season I still don't think that I think that Um, it's just a fun experience that doesn't translate into a whole lot of meaning other than maybe, you know, again, maybe there is something to Sam Howell. there, not enough to, you know, be the next great elite quarterback, but maybe he's enough to be enough right now.
1: I think he's definitely, it was definitely the right choice. I doubted it. It seems silly. Uh, but. In hindsight, I'm upset that I didn't give Ron Rivera credit, even though I don't really give him credit for much. But uh, for doing the thing that we always say, right? Like, hey, play the young guy. You know what I mean? Play, play the development. Like, you never know. You know what I mean? You could uncover something. Like, so kudos to him. They have clearly found somebody who is like capable of starting games in the NFL. Uh, but that being said, I I will give them credit for being two and zero on a personal note and obviously on a biased note, I'm very happy that, you know, these two wins will push them out of Caleb Williams, Drake may, you know, <laughs> territory next year. Exactly. Right? Like that sounds, that sounds silly, but like these no, two wins not. will matter for, for, for that. Um, beyond that though, um, it's not midnight on the clock for Washington, uh, but it, it, like the bartender has been like, okay, you know, you don't have to go home, but you got to get out of here. Like we're, the lights are about to come on, you know, everything's about to kind of wake up for them because they have Buffalo on Sunday. Yeah. Th- then they're in Philadelphia where they won last year, just mm-hmm. for what it's worth. Um, then they have Chicago in a Thursday night well, game. That's going to be riveting. Um, that's easy. Got, but the next
2: two is really the big stretch for them. Th-
1: but then, then at Atlanta, which is a little bit okay. tougher than I think we anticipated at, at the giants, which I don't know. I mean, we're about to, you know, roast them. I imagine um, then Philly at home, At New England, at Seattle, the Giants, at Dallas on Thanksgiving, like you know, this is the moment to sell the stock, right? (laughs) Like enjoy this week, Uh, but you know, for Buffalo, played down to the Jets to the point you talked about earlier. So you never know. It's the NFL, blah blah blah. My point is, I I will give them props, Um, but I'm I don't I'm not ready to say that they're a wild card contender quite yet.
2: Well, yeah, it'll be easily undone if they go zero and two against the Bills and the. If you they go zero and two against the Bills and Eagles, where do you really feel
1: like you ended up there? Like, do you feel great? Um, let's move on the New York bad at football. Once again, Giants, um, <laughs> I had a great tweet. I, it didn't get enough love. I thought it was an awesome tweet. Um, so you were busy. You said you were at a bar. Um, the the halftime score in this game was 20 to nothing. So I tweeted that they were on pace to lose 40 to nothing for the second straight week. I thought that was really funny and it didn't get a lot of love, but you know, the Cowboys are playing just people. Kind
2: well, of everyone else is wrong and you're right. Clearly.
1: Right. Um, Thirty-one to twenty-eight, the final score. Again, it twenty to nothing wasn't even the biggest deficit that they faced. It got up to twenty-eight to seven against. I don't hate Jonathan Gannon the way that you and your cohorts do, um, but against one of apparently the more ill-equipped head coaches who's in a tough situation. I think we should give you know Jonathan Gannon that tiny little bit of grace um, against a starting quarterback who literally was not on the team like three weeks ago. Mm. Um, against a group of skill position players that if you could trade. For one, would you? If you could swap any skill position player on the Eagles for any member of the Cardinals, maybe Hollywood Brown, right? Like, you know, if you're, you know, all the medias to Keith, instead know of Kez things?
2: Watkins, sure.
1: Or, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So fine. But like, for the most part, um, and you love to play this game. Can you name a defensive player on the Cardinals that isn't Buda Baker, who's on injured well, reserve right
2: now? There's a couple former Eagles on there, so I can. But if you're <laughs> taking those guys out, um, one of Kayvon Wallace, who led the T- Eagles or Cardinals and tackles in this game, was only cut by the Eagles during final cuts. He didn't cut even the lead Cardinals.
1: The, the Cardinals and tackles in this game, so he did. No, he had five, um, which was tied for the second most. Um, but so. Yeah, I mean, it's just, this is a tough team. It was a very. I don't know my total tackles. Here. Okay, fine. Whatever. Uh, but it was a very tough scene for the Giants to be down. Um, I know Daniel Jones had an impressive second half statistically. I am so out. I, I like this. This was almost worse than if they had lost. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I haven't seen a lot of Giants fans like throwing. That's crowing not true. I mean, whatever, but I haven't seen a lot of Giants fans crowing. I do think that they've been kind of humbled and more important, not important, but more than that, rattled. The Saquon injury is now a thing. Uh, Brian Dable said on Tuesday, it's possible that they play because they play on Thursday Mm. night and that he plays in that game. Yeah, They're staying on the West Coast to play the 49ers. Like, dude, it is really, really, really tough right now for the Giants.
2: They were down what? So they were down 20 to zero. But then the,
1: the, the margin grew when it was 20 to seven. They went from 20 point deficit to 21. That's my point.
2: So they were down what 60 to zero or whatever on
1: the season at that point. Um, <laughs> that's so they were bad. down sixty-eight to seven 60, at that point. Like, okay. That's terrible. but at half to, at halftime it was sixty to zero to your point. Uh
2: it, so I would say if you're looking at it optimistically, if you're a Giants fan, it's this is a performance to build on. Okay. Really not encouraging in that one game. But if we go out and we win the next game and we continue to kind of put something together off of that, then all of a sudden it doesn't really care. Or it doesn't matter how we won that game. No one cares about that. Problem is, you get the San Francisco 49ers next without Saquon, like you mentioned there. And Darren Waller apparently is still dealing with some kind of thing Um that... Uh, that he said and,
1: was, like, not going to go away. I mean, Yeah, basically. which, you
2: know, 6 for 76 in this game, so maybe it's not the biggest issue ever, but still not, like, great. So, yeah. Again, I would say, if you're looking at it optimistically, something to build on, but I don't really know... I mean the Giants if the Giants beat the 49ers, like great. Then yeah, okay. I am buying. Yeah, that. Then, yeah, for sure. Then, then, and they found yeah. their footing and they're really now they are heading in the direction. But I mean, like, it's just a very big if right now.
1: Um, so also not that this like really matters, but it kind of does right now when we're still, you know, we're all, I think the reasonable people are kind of being willing to uh, be patient to really make our hard takes as far as you know the NFL season because we're so early. these next two Giants games, are at San Francisco and then against Seattle. Both of them are on prime. Time. It's the same um,
2: thing as the commanders. It's like, show us. And this is like the show us stretch here. No, but
1: that, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're bad and if you're like, so right now, everyone kind of thinks you're bad, right? Like not a lot of people saw the Cardinals oh, game. Everybody obviously saw the, the Cowboys game, but so right now, everybody's like, oh man, these dudes stink, whatever. So you go out, you get blown out by the Niners. Well, they really stink. They stunk on Thursday night football. Then you get blown out on Monday night football against the Seahawks who looked much better, obviously last week. Then it's like, you're one and three, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. really not working out for you. And then everyone will really pick apart that one win and be like, it barely beat the Cardinals. They're tanking anyway, blah, blah, blah. Um, You said like positives. If you're a giants fan, Jalen Hyatt had two receptions for 89 yards. One of them went 58 yards. We said it like, this is his thing. Um, Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. In my dynasty league, somebody dropped him. Uh, So Jalen Hyatt, now part of my dynasty squad. Um, the Darren Waller thing. I mean, he had seventy six yards, um, but see, like it's so like some of these feel like empty calories, like what the mm-hmm. Giants did because they were in such catch up mode. Um, so I I guess I'm I'm still not like ready to say that they're like completely done. But dude, they it's it's getting dark really early. And have you seen the video of Brian Dable like the uh, Zapruder film breakdown that no. we've that's been there's a I don't know who did it. I can't sign on my screen anymore. Somebody's breaking <laughs> down whether or not he's actually calling plays. Mm-hmm. Um and, and, like, from the sideline or whatever. And so that's kind of weird. Um, Like, th- this just has, has gotten about as bad as it could possibly get, about as fast as it could possibly get.
2: Who do you believe in more the rest of this season? Or who do you think is going to finish in third? Do you think that it's going to be the Giants, or do you think it's going to be the Commanders? In terms of, obviously, we could go through and win and loss right now. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about from what you do know about their schedule coming up soon and also, like, the vibe and also the fact that, I mean, the spot the Giants are in—they also have already lost a division game, whereas the Commanders have not done
1: that. I'll answer that two ways and say that I am more worried about the Cowboys-Commanders games than I am the at least the remaining Cowboys-Giants game. Well, that's Um, easy to say. (laughs) Well, I know, but like, but that was honestly true—not true, but I was at least kind of thinking about drifting Mm. that direction before Week One. Um, And some of that is that the cow, like you know, we 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 talked so much about like how Dak owns the Giants the cowboys have had like moments of struggle against washington even at full health um now the the regular season finale last year was kind of weird but still like you know there have been times where washington has played them tight like you know throughout the dak prescott era at least and if i had to pick who's going to win those two games i'm picking washington to win both of them right now i i just i don't have any faith in the, the new york has played one kind of not mediocre half of football you know what i mean like i'm i'm and, like, I know we sat here and crapped all over the Broncos, but, like, who's a worse team, Denver or Arizona? Probably Arizona, right? So, while they both, you know, embarrassingly fell down and overcame the droughts that they dug themselves, at least Washington's was to a better team. All right. You ready to preview week three? I suppose. Um... We have to go in chronological order, right? That's what we decided. Uh, So that means the New York Giants are up next after we just destroyed them. Uh, They are on the road, as mentioned, against one of the two teams who we agree looks most complete and most infallible uh, in the 49ers, uh, doing so probably without their best player on offense. So they are 10-point underdogs Mm -hmm. on the road. Um, I mean, I don't know that we have to kind of offer a Giants take at this point. Um this is going to be an easy night for our buddy stats. Just you know, enjoy the game, do your post game show, everybody go check out the Gold Standard network, um and you know, enjoy life at 3 and oh. I mean, I don't think the Giants have a chance here. Like it's really difficult to envision how it happens.
2: I don't know what the Giants ceiling is realistically. Like what can you say their ceiling really is, the iteration of this team? Uh, not just talking about like where they finish, but like the best version of them, how good can they look? I don't that's unknown if you want to be again positive, optimistic although I don't really think it's that great. The floor, we've seen the floor. The floor is really, really bad. <laughs> the floor is a terrible floor. It could be the worst floor of any team in the league the way they looked in week one. So that scares me. I am definitely going to take the 49ers outright. And why not? I'll take him to cover as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, the fact that San Francisco has looked so good, I would almost take their line against anyone, right, at this point. Um, I know it's 10 points, but, I mean, dude, I mean... Like, I'm not scared of that. I mean, again, this is a team that was down 20 to nothing in the first half against a team that San Francisco is going to wax twice this year. Um, the way so, they cover is yeah. it's
2: like a low-scoring game. It's ugly. It's Thursday Night Football. kind of gets mucked up a bit, but I think still, again, the 49ers come
1: out on top. Um, Okay, so we both we agree. 49ers win this game. Um, Giants will then fall to 1 and 2. Uh The Eagles play on Monday Night Football. By the way, back-to-back weeks that an NFC East team is going to get a Thursday night game and then a Monday night game back-to-back. It's kind of weird. Um, also weird you know, because but, this
2: happened with the Eagles last year, too. They played on Thursday against the Texans, and then they played against Monday against the Washington Commanders. It's a weird which they lost. extended layoff. And especially Taylor Heineck, he bought. The, remember he bought those Jordans in the Eagles colors? Remember? He loved it. This is like your like <laughs> Harvard Ryan Fitzpatrick thing <laughs> or Eagles Steelers uh Steagles thing um weird especially coming off of week two like, it's been a weird beginning of the season for the eagles you know to go from uh week one on the road to then home and there's a night football to then long layoff so it could be a good thing if you're saying okay uh mini buy. maybe they can get some of these issues sorted out but we shall see they are what against the buccaneers the like favorite
1: uh... Oh, well, no, we're not doing them next. I mean, you know, we're, hold off. Oh. We're, doing, we're going in chronological order. Oh, duh. But I was going to was gonna, You I was gonna brought ask, it up,
2: so it was in my head. No, I
1: know, I know. I was just saying it out loud. But um, by the way, what did you think of the double Monday night games on Monday? Yeah, that's dumb. Agreed. Good call. Good take. It's supposed to be an island game. We're supposed to all be able to gather around the Internet yeah. and watch and talk about the same game together.
2: I don't, I don't like. Yeah, if, if they could do it where there were two. Independently, sure. I would yeah, be start start one at six and the other at nine. I'm
1: totally with I mean, you on that. I mean, that's still
2: too much. I think if you want to do that once a year as like a special thing, sure. If you want to do once a year, two games on Monday Night Football, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we cater to the West Coast for some dumb reason. When it's just, I mean, the it's people the on the East coast. coast have it harder because, <laughs> like, you have to stay up late to watch the games. Okay, so what? You miss some of the beginning of the game. You're still going to get to see the ending, and also you're going to have plenty of time afterwards. It's harder to get up early than it is to stay up late.
1: That's a good take. The Washington Commanders are at home. Once again, and a reminder, undefeated in the Josh Harris ownership era, Um, six and a half point home dogs to the Buffalo Bills, uh, who seemed to find their footing last week. Josh Allen didn't totally learn his lesson, still played a little bit of reckless football, uh, but it obviously didn't come back to bite him. I'm really hesitant to lay the points because I'm that spooked in Buffalo. Um, I will take the bills to win outright, but I do think that Washington is plucky enough to cover. That's a lot of points for a team that just two weeks ago. I mean, really, really, really struggled in Buffalo. How much is it again? Six and a half. Hmm, That's not
2: too many. I'll take the bills. I think the Josh Allen volatility gets talked about in a negative way a lot. Understandably so, because you can see the downside of that. I talked about that as being a reason why the bills lost in week one, but i also think people when you talk about it only as a negative you're discounting what can happen against the raiders in week two where he can absolutely just go off so it's
1: not necessary like all the time sometimes it is to your point but like it's just you know the the superman analogy that dominic foxworth had last week was so awesome and so on point
2: but i heard you say this on monday football monday i believe on the Nation nfl show so you should listen to that for the full thing but i'll take the bills here uh
1: Commanders prove something to me before I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt with this. You're just so jaded against Josh Harris. I hope that, um, I hope Alan Iverson is there and I hope he's wearing a commander's hat. Uh, Allen Iverson famously ate Cowboys Yeah. I know, but, um, I was trying to think of like the sixer that would hurt you the most. That wasn't Joel Embiid. Cause that I don't think happened. the sixers can hurt me anymore. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, by the way, this is a week where you can watch an NFC East team. Um, like, you know, if in you want, to, yeah, in every slot because the Giants are on Thursday night, the Commanders are at noon, the Cowboys are in this Arizona. Is like the
2: most <laughs> ideal podcast <laughs> schedule. Uh,
1: the, the Cowboys the are NFC's. visiting uh, the former NFC East team, um, but the Arizona Cardinals, not, not the Phoenix Cardinals. Uh, 12 point favorites, the Cowboys are. It's a lot of points. Uh, I'll let you go first. NFC East teams 0 and 2 uh,
2: against the spread, against the Cardinals. That's true. Commanders couldn't cover. Giants couldn't cover. Can the Cowboys cover? Yeah, of course they can. Like, not really worried about it. Uh, Josh Dobbs against that defense. No thanks.
1: The um, the Cowboys have had a sneaky little history with the Cardinals, um, if you recall, and Josh Dobbs. So, if you recall, uh, Dallas went to Tennessee last year on that Thursday night game, the final Thursday night game of uh, of the season. Um, and Josh Dobbs played for the Titans. Remember, they had nothing to play for because they needed the the following week, the regular season finale, the mm-hmm. win and in game against Jacksonville. Um, so they had nothing to play for. And Dallas was at the time, you know, still trying to keep shot for shot in the NFC East Race. Um, and they kind of had a little bit of a you know, tooth pulling offensive performance. Um, granted, that wasn't against Josh Dobbs. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, he's been, you know, he had that moment. That's got me a little, whatever Uh, 2021 in December, Dallas lost to Arizona Um, at home. Remember the Cardinals were frauding their way to the end of that regular season, but the one win they got was at AT AT&T stadium against the Cowboys. That was the game that Michael Gallup got hurt in. Um, And then the first game that Dallas played without Dak Prescott in 2020, the Cardinals blasted them on Monday night football. So again, kind of a weird recent history. Uh, but that being said, the Cowboys just look too impossible to bet against right now. So I'll lay the points. Um, go Cowboys. Um, okay. Uh, Monday Night Football. Speaking of the dueling games, we have another instance of this. Uh, so are you upset, Brandon, that you will not be able to watch the Rams-Bengals game? No. I kind of am. I'm I'm a little interested in that game. I mean, I like I'll have it. it on. But, you know, I wish I could give both these games my full attention. I mean, I'm all right. I'll be okay. The Eagles are in Tampa um, the last time which correct me if I'm wrong they visited was it the playoff matchup um, the division, or sorry wild card round of the right 20, that 21 season right 2022 playoffs. Um, the Eagles are five point favorites. Um, I haven't seen any that are still like in the launch of week three as far as like you know shows and you know takes and content are concerned. Um. I don't know that anyone's going to do that. I don't know, man. The Bucs are 2-0. Baker's playing great. Mike Evans looks amazing. Um, I don't know that I buy into what Baker's doing here. I I know the Eagles look off, but until they kind of get embarrassed or something or, or something really bad happens, like losing a game, I'm still going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Would like to see the injury report. Have not been able to see
2: that because it is Tuesday, it doesn't usually come out till Wednesday, but especially for the Eagles, it won't even come out until Thursday for this week. So kind of really need to see that before on both sides before I get a true, feeling, truly better feel for this game. The one thing that does worry me about this matchup is Todd Bowles has had success against Jalen Hurts and his style of play. And for a passing game that looks out of rhythm. Maybe I can't just give them the total benefit of the doubt. I'm not totally scared of the Bucks and their 2-0 record. I don't think they're terrible. I think they're fine. I think they might end up winning that division. I mean, that's not really saying a ton. They're a sneaky contender for it, sure. I think they could be the best team in that division or the most imposing they, team in that they, division. They might
1: have, you brought up ceilings, they might have the quarterback with the highest ceiling. You know, I like think when, so. When Baker's in his bag, his ceiling is higher than. Dar- it's he's very infrequently in that bag, but you know right. he, he can make some plays uh, when he's on, and we saw that at least this past week. And it's a bad division, so it's not right. like
2: you know saying the most, but I don't feel comfortable enough in eagles passing offense right now to just give them the total benefit of the doubt i think the bucks can muck it up a little bit here i think the eagles win the game but i will take the points for the time being which by the way did work out last week i took the points with the vikings Mm, they did that's right cover eagles won vikings did cover so two games in a row where the eagles do not cover but they do
1: win did they cover against new england it was close right okay but it was it was like seven and a half and they won by eight or something like that they were three and a half point favorites and they won by was it four or five? Six? They won by okay. five. Points. Okay, so not super close, but so one and one against the spread this year. Um, I could see this as, and this is also we talked about the Monday night thing. Like you know, if if it's still shaky, like this could be. I haven't seen a lot of national takes like jumping on the Eagles yet. And again, Eagles are two and zero, no, so there's no real reason for that. Uh, but if they were to lose, if they were to struggle, um, it could make for a, a long short week. Uh, because who's after that? Um, Washington. Oh man, what if what if Washington knocks off the Bills and week. the Eagles lose to the Bucks? Well,
2: I, I think some people might actually feel better about the Eagles or the that game if the because it's like, are the Commanders really going to start four zero with the win against the, the fourth win against the Eagles?
1: I don't know. I mean, um, it's hard is to that, believe that game is in Philadelphia. Oh please, God, let Joel Embiid show up wearing Commanders gear and hanging out with Josh Harris. That would be so funny. This is my new thing. I don't really um, care about Okay. The, uh, I care
2: about the conflict. I don't care about the Sixers part of it in terms of the, you can't I don't really care about the Sixers right now.
1: That makes me sad as your friend cuz as a Spurs fan I have no beef against the Sixers, but like it's sad to me how like beaten down you are as a Sixers fan. That's tough. Um but it is um, what it is. It's time to pick our songs. Uh this week uh for the NFC East mixtape playlist. Rachelle, mm-hmm. um, ever the on-time person that she is, submitted hers early Tuesday morning. She has gone with Go Crazy by Chris Brown. Um, so that's mm-hmm. Rachelle's pick. Rachelle, I told her this in the chat bangers. This one, not the like it's not like up there for me as far as her other song choices. But you know, hey. What are you gonna go with? Uh I actually had a little bit of a story for mine if it it'll help buy you time. Um, two weeks ago now I tweeted about, um, are you a Canes fan raising Canes fan?
2: I went like, I think two weeks ago for the first time ever. It was pretty, okay. I was pretty impressed. I, yeah. I, I liked it
1: pretty good. Um, so, well, if you went, maybe they had this, um, this going on, well, probably not if it wasn't in Texas, uh, but they have a promotion going on where you can upgrade your drink and you can get a post Malone themed cup at Canes. <laughs> um, so you laugh. But I tweeted about this thinking like, oh, this is just a thing. Like, I'm just going to tweet about it. It got so much attention. I can't tell you how many people in my replies were saying things like, they were begging other people to go get one that they would pay for and then pay for the shipping on. Um, so I was just kind of stunned. I don't eat canes a lot, just because I mean it's delicious, but you know, trying to trying to stay healthy. Um, it's like tonight, we're eating salmon. You know what I mean? It's not canes, but anyway. Um, in the spirit of Post Malone, I'm going with the song "Circles," my favorite Post Malone song. Okay, uh, good pick.
2: Yeah, raising canes definitely not a sponsor, but both. But yes, definitely very good. Uh, I just congrats. can't like.
1: I'm sure you've run into that before. Like, I couldn't believe how many people were going rabid over these cups.
2: I'm not shocked from a standpoint. That I was going to say people, especially here in this part of the country, like their like local stuff. Like, if you could have like you know some kind of, I if don't you could know, have like a
1: Wawa Eagles cup. I
2: guess you'd go line and up like, for yeah, and like Bradley right. Cooper's on there or something. You know what I mean? Right. Some kind mm-hmm. of like local time. To- people love that kind of stuff because uh, right. you know it feels just like unique to your region. It's it's something that's uh, special as opposed to just any raising like national thing that could be any right, part of right. the country i think people like that and i get it That's were you a um
1: on this subject were you a big like mcdonald's kid collector or toy collector the from the disney kids glasses
2: Meals? Well, i remember having like the disney glasses i think from them uh there was the definitely...
1: disney i i the one i remember most prominently I've uh burger king when the uh inspector gadget movie came out with matthew broderick um, oh yeah they, they had all the pieces yes um bless I her heart that she would call and be like do you have the right arm and like we we would go to that mcdonald's so i could build the whole inspector gadget so i blah,
2: used blah, to blah. go with my grandma uh when she'd babysit me uh and you yeah, know i think we ended up going enough to where we could get the whole inspector gadget that was a lot of fun that's a great come on like that's a great idea
1: and Just that was awesome of, i totally everyone. agree with you like totally great agree.
2: marketing like, great mm-hmm. integration it's just it's like everyone wins there everyone's having fun Burger King yeah. is making their money because they're getting all these kids to come back. It's come McDonald's. Back, it's,
1: it was, it was a McDonald's, win, not whatever. Burger King. The point it's is,
2: it's a, it's, a, it's a win for everyone involved.
1: Yeah, it's not like, I mean, like the collect them all bit is really cool in general. Like whenever there's anything that you have to collect all of. But like this was so cool because you almost couldn't play with it unless it you had all of them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just it,
2: like get them for the sake of collecting them.
1: Exactly um okay are you gonna pick the inspector gadget theme is your song
2: i am not i'm gonna go with everyone blooms by the front bottoms who i hope to see in philadelphia i think they're coming uh two weeks from they're coming soon and at the end of the month here hoping to go there but the some of the lyrics in that song uh i'm not going to sing it for you but they go that everyone blooms in their own time and i think that is the theme of the nfl season and some of these teams are not their fully formed selves yet and that doesn't mean they're all gonna get there obviously there's gonna be teams who don't end up being what they want to be but I think some of those teams will be the Bengals were 0-2 last year before they ended up going to the AFC championship game is that the exception very much so are the Bengals also 0-2 this year yes they are Uh, and I don't know where they're gonna go but uh the point is that uh it, you've said it a lot specifically when it comes to the Eagles and it's funny to me it's like everyone he, he keeps having to say yeah but they're 2-0 and it's like if you keep having to say that that does kind of speak to there being a concern but at the end of the day it's also true that they are 2-0 and and that's a very I mean just seeing I was so part of where I was I was watching football with my friends uh and their favorite team lost and just devastated. <laughs> it's like they it might as well have been like zero and seventeen. Like it's like the whole season's over. So uh, yeah, I'd rather be two and zero than that.
1: That's the thing. Like all of the you're you're referencing the Eagles, but like you know whatever. Like all of these problems or issues or whatever are much easier to bear and figure out. When you're 2-0 as mm-hmm. opposed to being like you would not swap places with the bangles you know what i mean no. or or even the chiefs right like do the chiefs are they, are they happy they're one-on-one no like you know what i mean like the, like being 2-0 and will matter if you lose four games in a row or whatever because you know what you'll be two and four as opposed to oh and six right like the chart like think about the charges the Chargers had such promise i don't know why i'll never get it but like you know they're already like deeply behind the eight ball because they're zero and two, it's a, it's not quite a kiss of death, but it's a it's a much bigger deal than it seems like, and that's not to quote all the statistics and everything, but like it's a whole. Like it takes multiple weeks. I think it takes like more than half a month to get out of being zero and two. Like to get on the other, the positive side.
2: Who did the Chargers play in Week One again?
1: They lost to the Dolphins with all the points, well, and they
2: lose to, in this the ti- week the they tines. lost to, so they've lost to like two teams that could be like you know they could be jockeying with for a wild card position with, and like, yeah, so those like it's not just that they're 0 2, but they've also lost to two teams that could impact their playoff race, so yeah, you know,
1: very much could always be worse. They they play the Vikings this week. Well, I can't wait to talk about this on Friday, but um, you could totally see them losing that game, right? Like, and then they play the Raiders. And so, like, again, like, are you willing to say, like, oh, I would 100% take the Chargers over the Raiders? You can't right now. Like, the, the Braille looks awful. You know what I mean? So, like, just, like, again, crafting a hypothetical. You're 0-4, then they're on a bye week. So then you have mm-hmm. to sit on that for a week. And then after that, you get the Cowboys. I mean, and 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 what if you lose and the offense of the Cowboys, like, is awesome and Kellen Moore stinks. And then it's like, oh, we got the bad part of this, you know? So, it's a tough time of year, but it's the best time of year. I stayed up till one thirty on Saturday night watching the mm. Colorado game. It was awesome. I couldn't make it. I watched the first half, but I was very tired. Mm. Well, East Coast being the worst coast, you know, tough situation. Mm. But um, all right, let's get out of here. And as we do, Brandon, tell us your favorite thing that is East that can't the coast or the NFC. Mm,
2: that's a good one. The best thing that is East it can't be the coast or the division east yeah. hmm east landing is coming to mind but that's not true <laughs> uh can i say east side
1: you can but you have to say it in a funny voice so we can end on that
2: no i don't want to say that either uh <laughs> i'm going to say east uh oh well how about where i was
1: over the weekend east to boston um, I will say that it's in the um, what's it called like not an acronym but like the little thing to remember the directions never eat soggy waffles it's the best word of those four Like never eat soggy waffles so it's the word eat there's that
0: more to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of